And welcome to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies, the aspirational podcast for hopeless people. I am your host, Donna Scott, and this is now episode 13, I believe. One lucky for some. Wow. Okay, I'm doing it a little bit unusually this week. I'm, you might think that I'm a little bit out of breath, but this is the life of a, of a busy comedian in the, in the night, stroke editor, stroke person who has a day job stroke person whose bus was very late getting home and I'm just trying to get this done while multitasking and trying to get my my lunch done at the same time so also don't want to be spending an absolute fortune on food the way a lot of comedians do stopping at Leicester Forest East to get a Ginster's pasty or something no I'm, I'm making some lovely tuna niçoise rice salads for the next couple of days at work it's going to have like tuna and egg and olives and it's going to be lovely and I've got my porridge sorted for the morning and I've just eaten my tea I've made myself mushroom and bean burgers with some couscous because I've got no time at all um and yeah and just having a lovely cup of peppermint tea now while I relax I'm not relaxing you just heard me go from one room to the other I am so busy but, you know, <laughs> when else am I going to get to do this thing? I've said I'm going to be out every Monday. There's going to be a podcast and I've made it this difficult for myself. Uh, you're used to me being a roving reporter by now, aren't you? Oh, um, talking about roving reporter. So, you know, last week I went for that audition sort of thing. Well, it wasn't audition. It was the follow up interview on BBC Northampton with Helen Blavey. And I thought I did a pretty good job, I must say. And then I started listening to my competition because every day last week at 1.40 on BBC Radio Northampton on the Helen Blaby show, they've had people who are down to the final 10 of BBC New Voices. And I, Mrs. Gubbins, went first, didn't I? Because I'm incredibly brave. And you know it. And incredibly brave means super arrogant. Um, but yeah, I didn't think I'd done too bad a job. And I've been listening to my competition as well. I think there's one person that's worrying me. Possibly two, but definitely one. So I'm like, oh. Now, last week, all five of the people interviewed on the Helen Blaby show were women. And I haven't had a chance to listen to the show this week, the first show this week, to see if the person contending was a man. I'm not sure if they've done it that way. Maybe they chose five blokes and five women, you see. Because otherwise, it, was, it seems a bit weird for all of the people on the show last week to have been women. I know. It's kind of strange saying that, isn't it? It's like, how come they're all women? It's like, that, you never hear that. You never hear that in comedy, for sure. So, yeah, there's one person who's worrying me a little bit. Um, and from the sounds of it, she does radio at Topshop. <laughs> it's like that Alan Partridge joke, isn't it? So like, is it Alan Partridge? No, it's not. It's somebody else going like, then they've got like um, a catchment area all the way to boxer shorts. Oh, is that? I can't think who that was now. I don't think it was Alan Partridge after all. Might have been. Um, but yeah, I'm here now going back to the kitchen to check on my rice. No stirring. We all know that. It's looking good. I've got some vegetables in there and a stock cube and some grated courgettes. So it's all pretty good. You know, bulking it out. It's got to be healthy. We're, we're being very, very healthy at the moment. Very health conscious. 
Uh, speaking of which, um, so like yesterday was my first official day of not drinking. Yeah, I have given up the bourgeoisier. Ah, indeed. I know what you're thinking. That's not going to last. We've got Christmas coming up. When's your Christmas party, Donna? 29th of November, unless I've got a gig. I did have a gig on the 29th of November because I was supposed to be going and playing in a cat cafe, but that got cancelled. So no cats for me. Gotta go to work. Do the works Christmas party. And I was really looking forward to cat cafe. I mean, ask yourself this. Where would you rather go? Would you rather go to your works Christmas do or a cat cafe? And it's the, you, the answer you give me right now will definitely tell me whether or not we could be friends. Only kidding. I'll be friends with you even if you hate cats. Um, as long as you like dogs. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you've got to like one or the other. That is for sure. Going back to my rice now. Rice is going to be fine, Donna. Leave it alone. Turn it down. Yeah, so... Um, I've got a gig tomorrow, if you're interested. Um, it's a new material night, and that's at Thirsty in Cambridge. All the pubs that do sort of like these comedy nights, they're all round about the same street. So if you've been to a comedy night in Cambridge, it's just down the road from that. Okay, yeah, so let me see where it is. It is 46 Chesterton Road, CB4 1EN, Cambridge, Cambridgeshire. So yeah, remember, remember, the 5th of November... First laughs, that's it's what it's called. And um yeah, so that's only new material night, but I've got some stuff I need to practice. So that's good. Good to have these things around the corner. And I've got my pay gig on Saturday in Sutton at the library, which is lovely. Right, I think this rice is nearly done now. Well I'll tell you about my gig on Saturday. So if you're interested in coming to see me on Saturday, it's more of a spoken word event. And that's at Sutton Library, yeah, the, the London one. Oh, yeah, that's done. Fantastic. Let's let that cool down. So Sutton Library, 2 p.m. And it, I'm, I'm sort of like doing some science fictional stuff. And I'm performing alongside two brilliant authors who I know. David Gullen, um, who wrote Shopac... I can't say it. Shopac... Shopocalypse, shop, shopocalypse, shopocalypse, um, which is shopping apocalypse. <laughs> Flippy heck, Could you, couldn't you call it something a bit easier to say, David? Shopocalypse, shopocalypse, shopocalypse now. Um, he wrote that and a few other things as well. He, he does a lot of work with Abenvale Press. And then there's Gay Siebold. I absolutely rave to people about her novel Babylon Steel. And uh, she's she's written a few novels that are really awesome, including Sparrow um, Sp Sparrow Falling, which is the sequel to Shanghai Sparrow, which is a uh, steampunk novel. So well worth checking those out. And come, just come and see us on on Saturday. Just come to the library. Be be awesome. I'd love to see you. So that's the rice out of the pan. I'm doing the whole. You know, if you've been watching um, Eat Well for Less or Eat Well for Less. There's a question mark on the end. <laughs> it will for less. Um, the studenty one where they, the lads all made rice. 
um, because they were buying microwave rice and Greg Wallace told them, you know, oh, you want to cook the rice and then you want to do is you want to get a tray, you want to get a tray, spread your rice out on the tray so it cools down quickly because otherwise it's germs. Yeah, so I'm doing it proper health and safety way there. Making myself lovely packed lunches of the rice. So that's done. I can now go away and oh, finish my tea. Oh, um, well, I suppose now that I'm waiting for that to cool, I can tell you all about my busman's holiday that I've just had. Yeah, because I have been seeing the comedy, comedy, comedy for the past few days. Yeah, I've I have had my fill of comedy and not. Thing is, though, I've just been to three comedy shows. I'm, I am a comedian and I've got things to go to and I've got a pretty full schedule of books and stuff I'm working on as well. And I'm, I'm now seeing jewels of nights that are being advertised in my locale. Like, um, there's an advert being put every day by this guy called Steve Hofstetter and my friend Gavin who's now a chef in Austria and he wasn't sure whether or not he was going to come back to Northampton just to come and see Steve Hofstetter when I told him he was he was playing here like this month because he was like saying I really love this guy you should see this guy and I'm like oh he's only playing here in a couple of weeks and he was like wow because he was in a job in Prague and it wasn't, I think it had finished and he was looking for his next job. He was thinking, if I'm between jobs, maybe I could come back to Northampton and watch Steve Hofstetter. But it wasn't to be, he got his dream job in Austria. So there he has gone. And I'm thinking, that's a shame because I've been watching all these videos from this guy now and he seems really good and I'd really like to go and see him. Um, he seems to have a, a real mastery of crowd control. Or at least things keep happening to him and he controls them. But he's also an author. He has written a book called Ginger Kid. And I'm quite interested in, in getting that. So I might get that soon. But I suppose what I should do is I should tell you about the gigs I have been to. So that... Well, by the way, I also want to tell you about the gigs I've been to. I don't want to tell you about the gigs in the way that it's like, I I went to this, this gig and then when this comedian was on and I gave them four out of five stars. I am not a reviewer. I haven't got the... Everyone is marvellous in my eyes. I wouldn't tell you about people unless I thought they were amazing, right? All I wanted to tell you about is what this little stretch of going to see gigs has done for me as a person who goes to see gigs and does gigs. So, you know, I call it a a busman's holiday. And I feel like I have learned so much over the past few days. And I feel like really emboldened and empowered by what I have seen and also full of joy in my heart. I'm so happy that people I know are doing so well for themselves. And I've also made new friends along the way. And isn't this all about the friends you make along the way? I think it is. So the first gig is in my vicinity. I've got two um comedy clubs that are pretty much on my doorstep um yeah no i haven't played either of them (laughs) who knows in the future 
<laughs> yeah, let's pop along every day. Just go and play in the gigs. We're, well, I see the people every day outside having a, having a smoke. Hello, how are you all right? How are you? No, I'm not doing your gig tonight. Um, uh, I feel kind of like it would be kind of awkward <laughs> um, if I had a gig at a place in my street, like three doors away. <laughs> but anyway, so there's one gig there. And there's another gig a little bit further away. It's about two, three streets away. And it's a club. Um, well, it's a snooker club, basically. <laughs> and sports bar. And there's a little side room in which the comedy takes place. And I went there the other night to go and see Norman Lovett. Um, and that was, oh, I was so looking forward to it. So I've seen Norman Lovett live before. And if you're aware of Norman's comedy, it's not the same kind of comedy as a lot of comedy you might have gone to at clubs in the sort of like recent past. Uh, it's not your typical club comedy it's kind of anti-comedy so he does a lot of things with plastic bags if, you, if you've seen it I think um, there might, there's probably videos floating around on YouTube if, you've, if you're aware but um, Norman Lovett if you don't know who he is was the original Holly from Red Dwarf quite a lovely thing for me as a huge Red Dwarf fan to go and see Norman Lovett I, I, I really felt kind of shy though because you know I didn't want to go and bother him in a way, and there was not that many people there, and I just thought I don't want to be that person who goes and bothers people. I'm I'm really really bad when it comes to meeting people. I can't go up and say and say hi. I'm a big fan. I, I just you know it's the last thing I want to do. Somebody has to make me go. I mean the other day we did bump into Eddie Eddie Azar coming out of the back of the gig, and that was lovely. But I would if Neil had suggested that we go and queue and speak to Eddie Azar, I'd have gone. Oh my God, I don't want to be that person. I'd have been so shy. So even though I met Norman Lovett um, the other day, I didn't take anything to sign. And I feel kind of sad about that. But uh, <laughs> what can I say? The moment has gone. But he's a lovely old guy. He, it was his 73rd birthday. So they got him a cake. I had two slices of Norman Lovett's birthday cake. I am greedy. Also, this is before I am doing the health kick that I'm now on. So I'm, you know, perfectly fine to have two slices of unicorn birthday cake. That was rightfully Norman Lovett's at the time. I was saying it wasn't the first time I've been to see him either because I went to, um, what's it called? It's not it's Sci-Fi Weekend now, but it used to be done by SFX. So it's back when it was SFX Weekender. And I can't think where it was. It wasn't Campus Sands, was it? Might have been Campus Sands, I can't remember. Or it, probably one of the Welsh ones. Campus Sands Sands it should be in Wales. It's not. That was that was a shock. <laughs> Campus Sands? Campus Sands. Campus Sands on Campus Sands. So yeah, uh, yeah, um there was one uh SFX weekend a few years ago and I got asked to do some performing in between um, writers doing flash fiction so I did some poetry comedy um, in a slot that was organised by Lee Harris for Angry Robots at the time and yeah all of a sudden I noticed that there was about 2,000 people watching me do my comedy and I'm like woo. <laughs> I've made it 
and then we'll come out to me afterwards going oh i loved your stuff <laughs> like thank you very much but yeah they they weren't there for me they were there because the next people on were um norman lovett and hattie hayridge being interviewed about both being holly in red dwarf and then norman lovett and hattie hayridge both had stand-up sets later in the day so that was cool and you know it's it needs a big crowd, a big crowd of, of appreciative fanboys, I think, or people who are very appreciative of the anti-comedy style that is Norman Lovett, because there weren't that many people at this gig, and that was a huge shame. He needs people to, to watch him, and I feel really bad about that. I always feel really bad that I didn't say hello properly, I just ate his cake. But that night was cool as well, because I saw my friend Ben Briggs again, you know, Ben Briggs of the Ben Briggs podcast fame. Um, there's only a few people there he still advertised his podcast and then he advertised mine which is lovely but then nobody will remember the name of this one because it's too long and saw chris norton walker uh oh my god chris's chris's gags are so, are so ba-doom, 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 ba-doom. quick fire now it's amazing uh seeing those guys is really funny i took videos of them uh being stupid <laughs> in between like sets and stuff good to have friends in comedy and those guys are friends so that was my one night of comedy and if i'm learning anything from that night it's probably um don't don't be so shy (laughs) i i try not to be shy but i think i am a little bit uh and that stopped me from meeting people i really admire which is a shame but anyway i had a real run-up at this kind of thing so the next night i went to the royal and derngate and i saw Darren Harriet, uh, supported by John Pearson. Johnny P, again, I'm stalking him. No, I'm not. <laughs> Just, he seems to be at every other gig I'm at. <laughs> not this week. Not this week, Johnny P. Uh, oh, what can I say about, about these guys? Oh, in a room that was swelteringly hot because they shut the doors and it basically, I think it's it's really, really bad. The, the underground theatre in that when you go into it it's cold and then it fills it with people and they shut the doors and that is all the air you have basically so once everyone's breathed out like three or four times it's like oh this is this is unbearable uh it was me at the back but still um a fantastic night of comedy um john pearson did some stuff that i'd not seen him do before because he i'm quite used to see you know i see him every flipping other day <laughs> doing his comedy so i know i know quite a lot of the stuff he does in his set but because it was a longer set there was some stuff i hadn't seen him do, do before and it was really really good and then uh oh what can you say about darren harriet i've told you about darren's um black label show on radio 4 it's still available on sounds if you haven't heard it go and listen to it it's four 15 minute episodes it's well worth your time and it's just amazing so he he touches on some of the aspects of you know his his own life that he talks about in Black Label, but it's not all like the same stuff as you heard there. So if you've listened to the show on Radio Four and you're thinking, well, is it going to be the same as as that? It's not. Just so he, he's got plenty of dates left on his tour. Go and see him. It's really really good. Uh, fantastic um, narrative arc to his his storytelling so many bits that will stick in your brain afterwards i mean i messaged him because stuff about music he was talking about some of it will resonate so strongly with you 
it's like yeah i totally get it um of course but it's from his own perspective so like a lot of it is like you listen and you understand and you appreciate so all i would say is i totally recommend darren harriet go and see his his show good heart ute and then um the next night we went to see desiree birch so yeah that was that was an amazing and unusual gig oh wow so i've never been there before but kettering has an art center did you know kettering has an art center did you know kettering has an anything everyone knows about the james acaster james acaster comes from kettering don't worry kettering has other things it has this art center at which you can at some point in the future see james acaster but this weekend we went to see Desiree Birch. So if you don't know who Desiree Birch is, she's an amazing black comedian um, from America. Um, so originally from Orange County. Why is it all the Americans I ever see are from Orange County? Can you start coming from other places, please? Thank you. Um, and then she was in New York and then she moved to London. And this show that she is doing, so Desiree Birch has come early, is all about her pursuit of love in the UK and and the end of that and then a story about um basically the burning man festival <laughs> uh which I cannot go into um I don't want to give any spoilers for a start but it's told in such a unique dynamic way by Desiree it would be an absolute shame for me to give you any clues at all just so just go and see it it's amazing and i a flipping love kettering art center what is this place it's kettering art center that you speak of well it's a church and i'm guessing from the um uh, from the flags by the altar that it's dedicated to st andrew and also the word st andrews on the some of the signs and posters and yeah it's an actual working church so it's consecrated and actually in service not one of these churches like we have up the road here that only do six services a year it's a proper church but on a saturday night (laughs) it becomes an art center at which you can hear music that might be a bit dodge and sweary comedians talking about jesus in a way that he might not approve of oh serious so yeah it was an amazing night and yeah i had um because I, w- I hadn't given up alcohol just totally at that point so i said i'll have a red wine in the little bar I mean, it's like you're sitting there in the church sipping your red wine and you're thinking surely there should be some little wafers that go with this so yeah neil got and got some crisps but they were prawn cocktail flavor that's not right Oh, and oh, I should say um, something about um, Desiree Birch's uh, support as well. Ingrid Dahl. She's from Sweet. No, nearly said Sweden because I've been reading about Sweden all day. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be racist. It's Norway. <laughs> she comes from Norway. I should. I was. I should. I was trying to mem- memorize that because I was kept saying Sweden uh, all day today because I've been reading about Swedish things like ikea and um i kept thinking oh there's a song about norwegian love or something that i've been listening to it's from a goth band that goes like a blue white maiden with strawberry cheeks 
sorry um <laughs> yeah so she's from norway but she's very very good um and so i didn't mean to say very good in a hurdy-gurdy way either no i stop it i'm not doing any voices <laughs> that was just an accident i didn't mean to say it like that but she's very good um so as brilliant a new person to meet and um admire in the world of comedy so i have had a brilliant few days just going to look at other comedians and listen to them and hear the way they do things and um so like from like the first show i would say i learned not to be so shy um from the subsequent shows about the coolness of callbacks narrative arcs the confidence of storytelling and also i think the uniqueness of desiree birch is is just something to behold um she's amazing <laughs> absolutely amazing and it it does something when you you have like a convention which is comedy and you know that there are things that you would do in comedy that people were used to seeing so you know you set up punchline your rule of three whatever and what you might not necessarily have is all of the comedy like um a framing device physical comedy mime she she throws everything at this story which like if you're feeling like a person who would normally sit in the church you might be a little bit Ooh, what's she doing because this is not appropriate kind of behavior for a young lady but it's no it's an amazing story <laughs> I mean, I mean, in this essence, maybe not an amazing story, but it's the way she does it. And, you know, I th- think that is really powerful. So, yeah, came away with quite a lot. And, it, and, and then she sort of like tops it all off with an amazing thing, an amazing fact about herself. And, yeah, oh, I have to applaud her big time. So, yeah, that was my best man's holiday. And then I went to the allotment yesterday and I did some digging because the allotment is like a flipping lawn. My brother was funny. He's in Japan at the moment and he just saw my picture of my allotment and and said, yeah, having to get this right. It's a quote from Alien. I say we nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. I, I didn't nuke it and I'm glad I didn't nuke it because I found some courgettes. Seriously, there was a big patch of courgettes that had been growing. I mean, most of them were sludge or near sludge, but I managed to rescue two great big marrows. It's like, I'm amazed. There's still things to eat in this horrible wilderness. So, yeah, all done. All done. Anyway, I think I have witted on for quite long enough, seeing as I'm supposed to be now finishing the lunches. So I'm going to let you go, like it's a phone call, (laughs) Um, and I'm just going to say, have a fantastic week. I will come back next week and tell you what my new material and not new material gigs have been like, and hopefully have some people to talk to as well. So this is me, Donna Scott, signing out. You've been listening to The Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Theme music was It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past 
by Dr. Turtle.